Thanks, worship team. A special welcome. If, if you're new here today, I'm glad you're with us. And uh, I would in, invite you, if, if you are new again, I would reiterate a little bit what Ron said. If you're kind of the last year, maybe a bit longer, if you haven't been to a, a, a newcomer's lunch, we're going to do that that Sunday here in October, and there's a sign-up on the counter out there. So we'd encourage you to do that. It's just a great opportunity to, to meet some staff and elders and such. Uh, that would be uh, just one way to kind of connect here. Uh, a second announcement that's not in the bulletin that Dinah asked me to share with you. Uh, one of the changes this year, they just kicked off Sunday school, by the way, uh, during this hour here for, for elementary. And one of the changes they're going to do is they, w- they want the kids to be in the worship service just for a few minutes. And that's going to start next week. So that first set of songs is, is where they, they want to have the kids in here and then they'll be dismissed right when the announcements start kind of after those first couple songs. So I'd encourage your parents to just take note of that and they'll be reminding you of that as well. But let's, let's pray and, and jump into a passage today. Father, we want to give this day to you. And Lord, I invite your spirit just to to work in us and and work through us. And we just thank you again for your word and how it can change our hearts and our lives, can give us hope and and set us free to serve you uh, with our hearts and and with our lives. So we just give this time to you, these things we pray in your name. Amen. We've been digging into this topic of serving God. And again, one of my goals is that it's just not to, my goal is not to guilt you into serving. But really, we want serving God to be a response of our hearts, really an attitude of worship, where we come to that place where we're actually serving God out of delight rather than duty. And where that delight leads to joy and, and meaningfulness in terms of our service and value in our lives as well. But last week, we were out at the, at the picnic, and most, a lot of you were there, and a great time and a great opportunity to put both services together. But we looked at one passage, and I want to put that up on the screen, uh, Galatians 5, 13, and 14. And let me just read this to you. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom, and here's the the key to serve one another in love for the whole law can be summed up in this one command love your neighbor as yourself when salvation comes it sets us free it gives us the ability to do some things different one of them is serve out of a an attitude of love for each other we turn from selfishness and we begin to give, give and serve because we care about people. We can see people differently in, in that context as well. And we're free to do it. We're not trapped in our own uh, selfishness any, anymore. But there's another passage that I want to highlight this morning when it comes to serving God. It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, and let me just read you. We're going to go for the, through the first 11 verses, pick a couple out here for this morning. Let's jump in and do that. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. 
Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but in the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, ability to distinguish between spirits. And to another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. All these empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions each one individually as he wills. Now let me give you some context of this passage in that Paul felt compelled to write to this church because there were some issues that were were happening in the life of this church in Corinth. And, And frankly, to kind of put it in real modern terms, these people weren't growing up in their faith. And there was a lot of dissension, a lot of struggles that were going on, and frankly, they were trapped by their own selfishness. So he writes this lengthy letter addressing a whole bunch of issues, and one of them kind of set the stage of this chapter. If you want to go back to chapter 11, you would see that he was talking about the issue of their worship together. It was, for lack of better words, it was chaotic. There was lots of things happening as they would gather together, and some of the people within the church had taken some spiritual gifts and had elevated them, basically saying, hey, I'm more important than you guys because I have a particular gift. And in particular, they were looking at the issue of, of tongues and the gift of prophecy. But to, but to say it again, this autonomy and selfishness and pride ruled that church. That is the context, really, of chapter 12. So what Paul does, he stops in this letter, and he begins to teach about spiritual gifts. Now, where we want to go is I'm not going to go over the spiritual gifts and all of those different things, but I want to intersect this with the issue of us serving the king, serving God. And so we want to dig in and just look how this passage is crucial in our understanding of serving Jesus. But let me just give you an illustration here. Some of you are wondering what this little gift bag is doing up here. And um, actually, this is my bag, and uh, it's not for you guys at all. And, but I got a present, and I don't know if you know who I got it from. I'm going to go down here and have Larry read it, who it's from. And uh, Larry, who's, who's my present from? It's from God. I got a present from God. I don't know if you know that, but... I got, I got a gift. And, and when I opened this gift, I, there was a piece of paper on it. There was no money. And, but the gift said this. It, it said, leadership, mercy. What he did is he gave me some gifts to use. The main point for today. Let me put it on the screen. If you know Christ as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit has given you a spiritual gift to serve the body of Christ. But when you think of a, about it, you know what, God? And I'm really busy this couple months. So, you know, that gift of leadership, I, I'm just going to set that aside and, and I'm not going to worry about using that maybe till after the, the first of the year and, and then I'll have time to use that gift. 
you catch the point. Because I think a couple challenges within the church when it comes to spiritual gifts is that far too few disciples who call themselves disciples of Christ actually are using their spiritual gifts. And many people want to be spectators rather than participants in the body, in the kingdom of God. But I think this is true. Oftentimes, I don't think people realize that when they're serving out of their gifts, when they're doing those things, that there's missing potential joy in their lives. Satisfaction. They're missing spiritual growth. They're even seeing other people being impacted when we're serving, uh, serving God. But there's a second, I think, issue as well. For some people within the body, they are actually serving kind of out of place. And there are those times over the years where maybe less than the other way, but there's people who are serving in an area where they're just not gifted. That's not their spiritual gift. It's not who they are as a person. But let me give you a a little illustration there. I heard a story this last week where there was a, a captain of a big ship, and he got into an argument with his chief engineer down in the engine room. And so they're arguing one day as to who was the most important for making that ship go. And what they finally, they said, okay, what we're going to do, just to prove the point, we're going to switch roles for a day. So the captain of that ship, he goes down into the engine room and he begins to do what the engineer did and the engineer goes up onto the, onto the on top of the ship where it's being steered and, and he was going to take over and be the captain for a day. And about two hours later, the captain who was in that engine room comes up on deck. He's all black from oil and everything, and he's got this big wrench going, hey, we got a problem. I can't make the ship go. And the engineer yells back, yeah, that's because I ran it aground. But you understand the point with gifts. Sometimes we use our gifts, and, and we use them in a way that just doesn't build the body. So the challenge over the years is, that do we, are we at that spot where we're serving God in terms of our giftedness? Now let me just pick out a couple of verses for this morning and just make this connection between spiritual gifts and for us serving the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. Look at verse 4 to begin with. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit... If you're taking notes, I said it this way, letter A. Gifts are given freely as a result of the Holy Spirit's work. Spiritual gifts are from God. And I think over the years, some pastors and church leaders tend to believe this. You know what? Let's not emphasize spiritual gifts. Just go serve somewhere. And there's not an emphasis. They kind of, kind of actually want to minimize it. But here's how, where I got to actually stop. Even as I studied more, even more strongly, I got to disagree with that. Do you realize that that there's not just one or two verses on spiritual gifts? There's actually at least a total of four different passages that very pointedly teach on those. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. And by the very nature that the Holy Spirit inspired the writers to write on spiritual gifts numerous times, 
we have to conclude that spiritual gifts are important to us. They are a part of us and our lives as we look to serve the King of Kings. So they should be important to us and foundational to our lives. But there's another intersection. Look at verse 5. Verse 4 says there's varieties of gifts in the same spirit. But look at how the phrase, he phrases it in 5. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. Now there's a very subtle point that I think he's trying to get across here as he writes this letter. And letter B, uh, uh, the application for us, I think, is this. Gifts are to be used with an attitude of servanthood and that word again, humility. And this was the direct opposite of what was going on in this church back then. There was pride, there was dissension, there was struggles of people going, my gift is more important. But do you notice one thing in these two verses? Is that Paul appeals to two different parts of the Trinity here. First he appeals to the Spirit, but then he goes, but the Lord is also connected in here. It's Jesus himself. So understand this, I think this is what he's saying, is that you elevate certain gifts, but even within the Trinity, it's not like that. See, we t- I think mentally we can go like this. God the Father, Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit. And you go, no. There is a mutual, mutual um, love for each other. There's this relationship. All of them are on the same plane. There's not this elevation. And I think that was part of the point that he's driving home here. Guys, don't elevate gifts over, over each other, the other particular gifts. But do we realize that there's some people, I think this, that look at other people's gifts and they go, oh, I wish I had yours. And you go, no. God is the one that bestows these And there's a call for humility. And matter of fact, Paul is fighting here for diversity of these spiritual gifts. He doesn't want them the same. Do you wonder what it would be like if everybody had the same gift? Now, I had the gift of mercy in here. Um, when I, my wife looked at that, she laughed at it. because She knows that I don't have the gift of mercy. I try to be compassionate, but, but that's not my gift. But what if everybody in this room that was a child of God had the gift of mercy? And you go, everybody would be talking and putting their arm around each other and, and nothing would get done. No ushers, no counters of money, no... Uh, Greeters, no. Sunday school, everybody's comforting each other. No, it's this idea that God provides and instills in us different things for a purpose. But look at another, another in verse 7, another intersection here. To each. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Letter C, every true disciple of Christ receives that at least one gift. If you are a child of God, if you've been born again, you have a spiritual gift and God wants you to use it. Now, understand this. For some of you guys, you think that hunting and fishing is a spiritual gift. That's just not true. 
Okay, so just let's put that one to rest. Okay. But I need to ask you, do you know what's in the present? Have you ever looked inside to say, I know that this is the, what God has given me? Now here's where I've I got to give you an opportunity. Um, Saturday morning, October 12th, and it's in the, the bulletin as well, but it's, we're going to have a membership class, and in the membership class, and, or an introduction to the, to the church, to Grand Rapids Free Church here as well, but, but there's a place where we want the second part of that class for membership, it, we, we go through what's called the SHAPE booklet. And the SHAPE booklet basically does this. We do a, a very quick spiritual gifts assessment, we look at the heart of what are your passions? What did God, what does He instill in your heart in terms of what you're passionate about? Then your abilities. What are, abilities do you have that you might need to use for the kingdom? And the P is for what is your personality, and E is for your experiences. So it's an exercise of going through and basically say, how has God shaped me, spiritual gifts, personality, and begin to say, I need to use it within the body of Christ, use it within the kingdom of God. And, and so I would encourage you, you can sign up just for that second uh, half of that class and go through that. If you're a member here, you can just take the SHAPE class. Um, I am going to try to offer childcare that um, that day as well. So if you want to do that or a membership class, just put down the ages of your kids and that would be uh, wonderful uh, as well. But the goal is for us to understand that God created us uniquely and he wants us to serve within the kingdom. But let me intersect it with one other issue. Look at verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And I said it this way, letter D, serving and using your spiritual gift leads to mutual edification. That is vital to a healthy church. It, it, gifts are given to carry out a very specific function within the body of Christ. Let, let me show you this as well from the Ephesians passage. Verse, verse 15, chapter 4. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, and from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when, look at this, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Do you see what happens when the body, when people use their giftness, when they jump in and serve the kingdom, the body itself is built up. And it's dependent on people. And we realize if one part doesn't do what God wants them to do, it actually, we think it doesn't impact other people, but it really does. So like spiritual gifts enable us to carry out a task which no one else can really do. Now, we're going to dig in a little bit more next week, but when one member fails to do it, to say it a little stronger is, the body suffers. But I need to point out something else here. That spiritual gifts are not primarily given about to the individual in the sense it's about 
you know, the gift of leadership. It's about me. No. It's always about the collective in terms of spiritual. It's about the entire body. Uh, and I think this, anyone who really seeks a spiritual gift and, and employs it in order to give him or herself a high, I go, they're missing the point of spiritual gifts. And so this, this is one of the criticisms of the contemporary tongues movement is that we tend to exalt that gift above others. But from my experience is that oftentimes the primary purpose of that gift is to exalt the self. And in this context, understand that's just not true. Gifts unify the body. It builds up the body. And that's the purpose. But let me give you one last connect, uh, connect, connection for this morning. Verse 11. All these are empowered, empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, the application for this, letter E, don't expect others to have the same gift that you have. There are unique gifts here. And as a matter of fact, I would point to this verse here. It refutes the claim that some people would say you have to have this particular gift if you really are a Christian. And you go, absolutely not. God is the one who portions out and empowers the spiritual gifts to be, to be used. Not also, i, I got to was going to mention this earlier and I forgot. At, at times we forget, if you're a teenager or a young person, you have a spiritual gift as well. And I think somehow there's this magical, if I get, once I get to a certain age, then I'll start using my gifts. I go, no. So if you are a child of God, you have a gift and you're called to use it. But let me put up on the screen today that last point again, or the main point. If you know Christ as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit has given you a spiritual gift. You have a bag. You have a bag like this that he's saying, take it out. Don't leave it in the garage. Don't leave it on the shelf in the closet. And use it. Because it, it's a call to build up the body. The body needs each of us to function, to be healthy, to make a difference in this world, to grow to a place where we're impacting the community around us. But just think of it in terms of, we'll go there again a little more next week, just a quick illustration. What if you, you break your arm and rather than leaving the sling in front of you, I don't know if you've ever had to sling. I've had to wear a sling a few times. What if they put it behind you so you couldn't use your hand even? Could you get by? Yeah, you could drive. You ever tried opening a jar with one hand? It just doesn't work very well. See, the challenge is, is when people don't use their gifts. Something is missing within the body of Christ. What's your gift? Do you know it? Now I'm going to ask the elders to come, on up, come up and we're going to do communion. But just a reminder, maybe you're a person here today, you go, I don't know nothing about spiritual gifts. And you know what? 
maybe there's people here that do not even know if they're a child of God. And here's where I'd like to invite you to give us a call. Grab one of the elders, grab Ron or or somebody else here and just say, hey, I'm not sure what it means to be a child. I don't know if I have a spiritual gift. And if there's doubt, just ask. And we would like to make sure that you know that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'd invite you to do that. But I would also encourage you to just remember we do practice open communion here. If you know Christ is your Savior, please participate with us. Um, For parents, it's your choice in terms of whether your children are going to partake of that or not. But I'm going to ask the elders to pass out the bread. And and one of the things that we do is just we hold this as a sign of, of unity and we participate together. So let's celebrate what God has done for us and has given us new life because of the cross. Things that we do is to take a benevolent offering during this day, and there's a basket right outside on the doors there, so we'd encourage you to give generously. But let's just stand and let's just pray, okay? Father, we give you thanks just for the reminder of your body and your blood that was shed for us. And we just want to acknowledge the gift that you have given us first with your son dying on the cross for us. We just want to thank you and praise you for that. But Lord, you also bestowed, as you left the Holy Spirit, you bestowed spiritual gifts into our lives. And Lord, you want us to use them. You want us to be used for the kingdom. You want us to enjoy those gifts and those abilities. So Lord, just help us to understand what it means to serve you out of delight, where we use how how you made us, how you created us to serve the kingdom and the body of Christ. So we give this day to you, we give this week to you, and may you be honored, and may this be a great week of serving you and loving you from the bottom of our hearts. These things we pray in your name. Amen.